0: Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the Bloody Disgusting Network. Coming up next is something indescribable, tantalizing, and mind-numbing. Enjoy.
1: Did you ever watch the Twilight Zone?
0: <laughs> uh, remember the Twilight Zone with Burgess Meredith? Remember, he he, he he loved to read, and there was a nuclear
1: war, and he had no friends anyway, and he was down oh, on yeah, the basement the glasses. What about the mannequins that got two weeks off and turned into humans, and they were allowed to go out and shop for two weeks on their own? And then this one came back, and it was over two weeks, and the other mannequins went, come over here for a minute, and turned into plastic. You, you want to see something really right? scary? Yeah.
0: Witness, if you will, a dungeon made out of mountains, salt flats, and sand that stretch to infinity. The dungeon has an inmate. James A. Corey, and this is his residence. Metal shack, an old touring car that squats in the sun and goes nowhere, for there is nowhere to go. For the record, let it be known that James A. Corey is a convicted criminal placed in solitary confinement. Confinement, in this case, stretches as far as the eye can see because this particular dungeon is on an asteroid nine million miles from the Earth. Now witness, if you will, a man's mind and body shriveling in the sun, a man dying of loneliness.
2: Welcome, everybody, to Zoning Out. My name is Christopher Feinstein. (laughs)
3: Giansex.
2: What the hell? Uh, Frank (laughs) Bonacci. Hey, what's up? It's Jed. We are here to just talk about season one, episode seven, with an air date of November 13th, 1959 The Lonely. Boy, oh boy. Woo! Did I enjoy this one? It, this was it, an episode that f- this felt like a Twilight Zone episode. More so than any of the other ones so far, I think.
1: Uh Has anybody seen this episode before? I haven't. No. no. I Not haven't I. Nope. I never realized how much Twilight Zone dealt with isolation as a theme. Right. I mean, because we had a whole string of them.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Can I read I mean, off the plot real quick? Yes, please. Oh, nuts. In 2046, an inmate named Corey, convicted of murder, is sentenced to 50 years solitary confinement on a distant asteroid. On the 15th day of the sixth month of the fourth year of incarceration, he is visited by the spacecraft flown by Captain Allenby that brings him supplies and news from Earth four times a year. While Corey expects that perhaps he and Allenby will have time to play cards or chess, the captain informs the inmate that the ship and crew can only stay 15 minutes this time. The asteroid's orbit is such that they would otherwise be stuck 14 days at least, awaiting favorable orbital conditions to depart. Allenby's crew resent being away from the Earth because of the likes of Corey.
0: Entry, 15th day, sixth month, the year four. And all the days and the months and the years the same. There'll be a supply ship coming in soon, I think. They're either due or overdue. And I hope it's Allenby's ship because he's a decent man. He, brings things for me like you brought in the parts of that antique automobile
3: so this asteroid it's nine million miles from earth this guy is sentenced to 50 years he's served four years six months and 15 days so far so that's when the story kicks off
1: yeah he's on a prison asteroid that's like which was. sounds very expensive it, it doesn't seem very uh logistically no to make hmm. not much very sense? cost effective there no. must, <laughs>
2: money must money must be abundant you to get send your a own crew. prison asteroid. Just like, yeah, oh, you just send a crew through space for three months for to food? go.
1: We'll send it to you. <laughs> what about supplies? We'll send it to you. So I get to be king of a planet, toyed.
2: <laughs> uh, that's not the most cost-effective prison.
1: It's a fun science fiction setup.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it's so they could, they could shoot in Death Valley and kill half of the crew.
1: <laughs> I read that, oh, too. Cheers. Oh, they were dropping like flies. Oh, yeah. DP we almost, they almost lost the DP on this. Yeah, one.
2: he like fell off a crane. I mean, it's like, oh, oh let's, let's sh- we're gonna shoot this on the sun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, not a fun episode to shoot. Just everybody was, no, they were like soaked too. Did you see how sweaty everyone was? Yeah, I actually went back and looked at it. It's like, just like skim through it just to see. It's like, yeah, they don't look, they all look like they're <laughs> just like half dead. See, the- yeah, oh
2: my God their backs are just saturated they're glistening sweat they must have been just miserable shooting this and they shoot like this is not an uncommon place for where can we find a place nearby
1: that looks like space well let's go to the desert yeah (laughs) so what's it called the captain of this uh the ship who brings supplies feels sorry for jack warden because there's like it might have been self-defense like he kind of got you get the impression that he was kind of railroaded in his case uh that he's not there's questions of his actual guilt uh so the guy sends him stuff and this time he sends him bathmorda <laughs> 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 and she tells him you're all pigs uh, the, and <laughs> the queen <laughs> Uh, brings him an automaton lady. Yeah, Gene Marsh. Uh, played by Gene Marsh, who was, of course, Morda in the film Willow. Willow. Is she coming back for the reboot? No, right? She died in the... Uh, yeah, she died. Yeah. And so once he gets the robot, it thus begins a dissection of loneliness and our connection to technology. Have fun with that, boys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you see that, like... He, they, the last, I guess, you know, it doesn't show it on screen, but he was sitting in a car. Obviously, they were bringing him parts to that car to build while he was isolated on that planet to Mm -hmm. keep him busy. That stopped, obviously. He completed it, and now he was just stewing in his own heat.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so they give him a robot. This is a brilliant episode about our connection technology uh what's real and what isn't I-, I get all those things but if you dropped off if i'm alone and you drop off a-, a anatomically correct sex bot there would be no question as to how joyful i would be i wouldn't question <laughs> i'm not looking that gift horse in the mouth because uh jack Warden's character has this issue about her being real which she should because that's reasonable i don't understand that reasonable reaction
2: <laughs> the the episode i feel the one, you know, downside that it suffered by uh, its length It wasn't long enough. I could have stayed there for a while and watched their like relationship. It was kind of just after she's there, he has his little tantrum. They have like one like nice scene together, and then they're back to to take him away. That he got a pardon. He only got fifteen pounds worth of a uh, cargo room.
1: It's another episode where the setup. Uh, not to the extent of uh, what was the episode where I felt the setup was too long. With what's his name? get Hux's wife off the roof. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what was that episode? Uh, what was the name of that one? Well, it, anyway, you know what I mean? The, the structure of this episode is uh, kind of hampered by the format of the show, like being a half hour. It's like the, the setup escape clause, the escape clause. It's the structure is a little top, he- like a little top heavy because uh, there's a lot of setup for this yeah. concept. Uh, so they have to spend a lot of time on it, and they don't have enough time for all the the, the middle and third acts. But it's still strong, uh, very strong. I, oh yeah, I it was just, great. I enjoyed it a lot. Very good. Uh, but definitely, that I would say that was an issue.
2: I mean, it's heartbreaking when you realize that what's happening. You know, when he's pardoned, yeah. She can't. She can't go with him. <laughs> yeah. You know? like, so what do you? What do you mean? Yeah. It's
1: kind of brutal too. Yeah, very brutal. Like, I didn't see, uh, I thought he would stay, but then thinking logically, like, yeah, you're not going to stay there, right? It's like, I'd be like, what's his name? Uh, Gene Wilder and Stir Crazy when they put him in the hot box. He's just like, just one more hour. I was really (laughs) just getting somewhere. He's pardoned. And they say, you got to get off the planet now because there's a meteor strike, there's a meteor shower. And we realized how... How, how fiscally irresponsible this entire thing is. am so trying to minimize costs as much as possible. So you have to leave now. And it's like, we don't have enough weight. Uh, we don't have enough weight capacity to take more than 15 pounds of goods. And, and he's like, oh, that's
2: fine. I only have a pen and a book. He doesn't. He's not taking the robot into he's consideration. He's taking
1: his woman with him. His robot. I love, listen. You all make fun of me for the way I say robot, but do you understand why I understand I say robot the way I do. Yeah,
2: they were abundant with the the
1: robots in this uh, in this episode. But uh, but does he stay with the robot or does yeah. he leave? But that decision is very callously taken out of his hands by the captain, who just pulls out a forty five and blows the robot's face off.
2: Yeah, which
1: was really creepy. Very creepy. Uh this is an episode that if I had caught when I was a kid, like late at night, I would have been fucked up for days over it.
2: It's just the robot repeating over and over with yeah. mechanical open. Yeah. No. No. Cory. Corey. Cory. 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 Corey.
0: Corey. Corey.
1: Corey. Corey
2: i guess the question on everyone's mind they were doing it right <laughs> <laughs> i mean go on listen you think they just played nuts and bolts chess or what yeah, they were playing nuts and bolts right? yeah they did yeah <laughs> 11 <laughs> yeah. months that's how long they were there 11 months yeah. i missed that yeah 11 months yeah he he fucked the robot <laughs> yeah,
1: no way. He, he, fouled, he, he fouled that thing yeah He got over it kind of quickly, too, after she was shot. She's dead. Gotta go. (laughs) He was like, well, typical (laughs) man. Typical man. Well, the mouth's gone. No use to me. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) She's no good no more. I, I couldn't help but think of the movie Cherry Two Thousand when watching this. Anybody remember that movie? No. no. Well hop on over to the Scum of the Earth podcast. That was by me, because that's a movie we will definitely talk about at one point. Oh, Jesus Christ.
2: It's probably you're a plug machine on this show, Frank. I, I what I what else have I got?
1: <laughs> this is my outlet to the world. Can we talk about Jack Warden? Yeah. Oh we were talking about it before we started recording because like we're all big Jack Warden fans here yeah Uh, the guy has an exceptional body of work but in particular (laughs) Mm -hmm. one in particular can i just say the line i mean you could i'll give you a hint it rhymes with cock. (laughs) the greatest reading of a line in film (laughs) history is in the movie dirty work
0: now that i met gladys here i just hope the doctor could fix up another part of my body i'll give you a hint it rhymes with cock
1: <laughs> it's the funniest joke in a very funny movie but that joke it, it destroys me and his yeah. reading of it is brilliant
2: he's great he also has a great line in the the replacements too that was one of the, i think that was his last movie the replacements
1: it wasn't uh beer league oh i don't uh, know maybe it was beer league i thought it was the replacements <laughs> um, it might be replacements i'm not gonna argue with that i don't think he was in beer league he's not in beer league no what am i thinking of then I don't oh, know dirty work right <laughs> I thought he was in beer league
2: too he no no in oh, the replacements The monkey ship fights in the zoo are more coordinated than this
1: wait he's the guy who said that yeah oh my god you used to say that all the time oh, that was I like love go- that line that's a go-to Chris quote for decades
2: yeah I still say it
1: I never knew that that that's where it was from
2: yeah the replacement hello ice cream. <laughs>
1: oh that's, <laughs> that's not, Don Rickles
2: Don Rickles
1: <laughs> No, your mother was a whore. (laughs) Jack Warden brings that amazing blue-collar energy to this episode that he always has, that he's so good at playing.
2: I mean, he was in his 30s in this episode, I think. 39. 39, and he still looked old. Yeah. Yeah. This is the youngest I've ever seen him, though. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, by far. Is it for
1: me? Is it for me? Let me see. I actually didn't look.
2: Yeah, i don't i mean i looked at his credits earlier than this and i was like i don't
1: think i've seen any of that i've seen 12 angry men but yeah i've seen that uh, you've seen 12 angry men i have seen 12 angry men yeah how do you have so many weird gaps in your film knowledge but you've watched 12 angry men that's <laughs> such a weird one uh
2: junior year high school ah okay yeah required viewing i enjoyed it
1: oh it's great hmm. i was like uh... the
2: only one to enjoy it everyone was looking at me weird fucking wedgies for the 12 angry as as well as well they should
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is a good another great piece on isolation by by serling
3: goes after that a
1: lot
2: like you said earlier yeah it's a top it's a topic that he will revisit and we will revisit time and time again on this show
1: because we've hit like a few in a row and and we're about to hit it again in the next episode interesting that that was a a common point on the show i never thought of it that way but i guess that it's like yeah when you actually you know watch a bunch in a row like we've been doing you go yeah this is a common motif he keeps going back to
2: there had to be something that he keeps you know there's some source material there that he's he's diving into that he's reliving when he puts pen to paper on these episodes
1: yeah
2: I th- can I tell you something?
1: I bet yes you please can. Yes you can.
3: I was hoping you had something. I think this episode's a 10. Wow. wow wow we can look at we can look at any episode of the Twilight Zone and be a little goofy about it looking at it through 2022. I get it but looking at it through the 1959 glasses, I think this is a 10. every every beat of this story I think is legitimately fascinating. This could easily have been a movie. This could have easily been a, a series. Yeah. Hmm. Just break, break it down, right? So this prisoner is alone on an asteroid. It's by himself, spends all of his time building things. He's trying to create some semblance of a home. That alone is very cool. These guards who periodically will show up to him. You know, we've talked in that one episode we did not like about the protagonist is so unlikable. Even in this episode, the captain is actually like a compassionate person. Yeah. Like there's some yeah. there's some nuance there. Mm. And then it doubles down when Jack Warden says, well, I, I did it in self-defense. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think this episode's like a masterclass in short storytelling. Mm. Every, there's like there's no wasted lines. Even their brief conversation with the guards. We find out, oh, on Earth, there seems to be some intense discourse about how prisoners should be treated. Should we bring them back? Or is this kind of a goofy thing to do to prisoners? Is it, is it barbaric? Yeah. So that, that, that like, if that's today, if this is a series, that's its own episode. And then, like, the AI thing, right? Like, in 59, I don't know what movie show is even broaching that subject of companionship with artificial intelligence. Does, does any, do any of you guys know? Like, did anyone really try to present that? As
2: far, not as far something? as I know,
3: no. I mean, that's, that's a wild... And again, this is 25 minutes, right? So... For fifty nine to me, this is like a stunner. And that's not even the whole episode, right? I uh, granted, it it has to fly by. he he's dismissive of her, and then their love. I get it. It happens in like three minutes. yeah, but it, like if you're Serling and you want to tell this, you, I don't I don't know how else you do it. because yeah, every ever beat of the story that. seems, yeah,' it's, every beat is very integral to trying to tell this whole thing. And honestly, the most seminal moment I think of the series so far for me is the shot of Jean Marsh, like, crying after she was tossed to the ground. Mm. And then he's like, oh, right. I I actually feel something here. And she's the first female character that actually feels like a person. And it's an AI. I don't think that's by accident, as we're going to find out as we go through this series, how, like, women are presented. And then we have this thing that's, like, subservient to the protagonist. And she's given this, like, real genuine moment. I don't know. I really Mm. thought this episode was fantastic. And then the ending... That's a killer ending. Yeah. He can go back, be with real people, or he can stay. But they take that away from him. And then they say, well, your best chance is just to forget about it.
1: Yeah. Can I, I just say I was watching John ready to pounce this whole time because he was sitting there. He was sitting back. I said, John's a little quiet right now. He said, he's got something. I know John. He's got something, <laughs> and he just busted it out. Cause like, hmm, does he hate it? Did he love it? And I, you know, I'm trying to play. I play poker with all y'all. I mean, cause I'm a terrible poker player, but I like watching people who are good at it. Uh, but, so like, John, I'm like, what's he do? What's he got right now? He's got a hand, and boy, yeah, I. It's so funny. I did not think about it through the lens of 59 which is something I usually do and I've talked about but it's like yeah I didn't do that in this case but yeah holy shit like I mean I'm sure there were questions about how human uh like the uncanny valleyness of uh artificial intelligence I'm sure that that discussion had been bandied about a little bit but I don't think as succinctly I I can't think of anything I've watched a lot of sci-fi where in popular culture, Robbie the robot is the most popular robot at this point. To have it to this level, where it's Westworld level, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. If, uh, if somebody, uh, if somebody who's listening knows of something, uh, th- hit us up. But uh, yeah, this is—it's I hadn't thought of like how. Whoa, this is a really heavy contemplation to be having in 59, a thing that we're talking about today still.
3: I mean, I don't know how an episode could feel more relevant than Mm. this one. As AI feels like it's just right around the corner, and Mm. people are spending more time, you know, with their phone. Meta is, like, becoming a thing. This is 63 years ago. That's... And then Warden has the line, he says, if you leave her behind, that's murder.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, every breath of this episode is... It just, it's all important. There's no wasted scenes, no frames. Mm. I mean, it's all, I look forward to this not being a 10 because that means we're going to get something that I think is better. But for right now, this one has the championship belt.
1: This is the like, cool. for me, it's not even close. Wow. Man. It's loaded. It's really, everything about it. And, it. and then it's really and good. We,
3: and we get Jack Warden and Ted Knight. I mean, good. Like, this is absurd to get this in 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. He swayed me. He's
2: swaying me.
1: I mean I loved it what? I thought
2: it was a great episode
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: and a fantastic closing narration mm. Oh yeah
1: okay, read Do it. you want to read it?
2: Uh, yeah somebody, somebody. it's somebody great Who wants it?
1: I want it, I want to do it Take it, take it Look at that. On a microscopic piece of sand that floats through space is a fragment of a man's life Left to rust is the place he lived and the machines he used Without use, they will disintegrate from the wind and the sand and the years that act upon them all of Mister Corey's machines, including the one made in his image, kept alive by love, but now obsolete, in the twilight zone.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that gives you. Whoa! Chance. Yeah. Hey, good yeah. Sterling. Frank's a man of many voices, as we've seen time and time again. Yeah, Frank, read that. Read that. As you know who.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> On a microscopic piece of seen. <laughs> the, the kind you see in Perth. That flows through space <laughs> as a fragments of, of of a real chad's life left the roster's <laughs> the place he lived in the machines he used oh he needs the juice
0: <laughs>
1: just walk away without use they will disintegrate from the wind and the sand and the years that act upon them <laughs> all that mr coins you scenes including the one made in his image kept alive by love when they're obsolete in the twilight zone Thank you, Nicole Kidman.
2: AMC Theaters. We make movies better.
1: Gift that keeps (laughs) on
3: giving. See, this is why, like, if someone really wants to learn how to write, they should watch The Twilight Zone. Because I think it was our first episode, we were talking about how, like, if this is done today, you rely on editing Mm -hmm. and stupid cutting to cover gaps in, in the actual script. But there's no technical cover ups in 59. So they just have to rely on character and story. And it's such a good learning tool to watch this stuff yeah. because they they have to cover so much ground in so little time.
2: Yeah, yeah. You gotta be and concise. It says a lot about yes. you know the, the episodes where the good are good and the ones that aren't so good aren't so good because of that. Because you're
3: so relying the, on you know the performance and the script. And even the ones that haven't landed the plane have interesting premises. Oh yeah, yes. So even
1: those, it's just like. Oh man. It's swinging. It's 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 swinging Yeah, the, it's it's the only time yeah, here's the problem. Every cuz it's going for the home run every time. So it's just ta- it's swinging at bad pitches. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? It'll just keep swinging cuz when it gets that home run, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be in the parking lot. I've, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I I have no sports. <laughs> it's going to be in the parking lot. <laughs> I ran out. It's like I, I ran out of all of my life's baseball knowledge halfway through that. It's like, I don't know. Where does the ball go over what? Uh, I, there has to be is a big structure. There has to be a parking lot. Oh, oh, I should be. I should be. Sm- I should be smited with rocks. <laughs>
3: so I was thinking about influences. I mean, Blade Runner. 2001, Ex Machina, Her, Solaris, Moon, Lars and the Real Girl, AI, even, you remember the second to last episode of Breaking Bad? And Cherry 2000, man. Yeah, I don't want to steal your thunder. <laughs> but the second to last episode of Breaking Bad, do you guys remember that? When Walter's by himself yeah. and Robert Forster mm-hmm. is the guy who shows up? Yes. I wonder if that's where he got this idea, because that's it. That's the move. Mm-hmm. He's uh-huh. like desperate for companionship, but he's just by himself, and he? He can't stay. Yeah, he gives and him like a like, couple w- hundred
1: thousand just to, like, give him 15 minutes. It's just, please, I'm losing my mind here.
3: Right, just to, like, play a card game. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, every beat of this could be its own episode if this was, like, a season-long show.
2: Yeah. that's That was my one complaint, that it wasn't long enough. I could have stayed there forever. It's bursting yeah.
1: at the seams with ideas. And it's like, yeah, I just... John presented his case. It's just like, do you pad this out anymore? Like, do you, like, risk ruining the flow I, I i i'm i still feel like i could have not even another like half hour so just 10 minutes just give me 10 more minutes of this just to hang because i'm enjoying this but yeah i mean I don't... you would have
3: to substitute one out for another yeah so what would you take out to pad more because i would have loved to have more time with him and alicia yeah uh, that's what i mean yeah. it's just f- but what do you take out because everything before it is so integral to the story
1: yeah you can't yeah you know, it's tough it's tight it's just tight it's a tight parking job
3: yeah and then you think well could he have just split it and like put it into another episode but i don't know it's so good like you could have an episode where the prisoner is by himself and then it's a story about the guards periodically showing up that's that that's just a cool premise the fact that he's on an asteroid i mean it's wild but it's a cool setup but again i don't know what you take out
1: no there's nothing you can't there's nothing you can take out yeah i don't yeah i don't think there's any tight it's a very tight packing job you had to do uh, and yeah, you're right. And that's why it's like a good like you got this like here's the themes you got like you just put on a chalkboard here's the themes you have to cover and here's the story beats. Now pack that into 25 minutes. Go. It's right. Like, oh, oh shit.
2: <laughs> right. And he just says, okay, here's everything.
1: Yeah. It's like right. You can't waste a line. You can't waste a beat. It just has to all be packed in there. It's just like yeah, yeesh. It, that's the thing. There's a discipline to that. I don't think we have anymore i I don't think storytelling at all it's just like especially now with the streaming world where there are no restrictions on format a lot of my problems with a lot of like streaming shows it's just there's no editorial discipline at all it's just like holy cow you're just wasting time there needs to be an adult restrictions of a of uh of a format gate was the adult in the room you know to basically say you can't just stand around playing with that you have to move on and it's just yeah. there is not that urgency anymore or just that it's just like why am I wasting time with this piece of information it's because we have the footage and we could just keep going there's no timekeeper here I mean the fact I mean not to say that it's always that way there's a lot of things where I'm amazed that like you could see like the filmmakers really cared about everything they do more often than not. That's the case where just things are just spilling out all over the place in terms of structure. And it's a mess where this is very tidy.
3: Yeah. Right. You want to give an artist free reign, but you can see how not having restrictions can actually negatively affect the final product. I mean, think about some of our favorite, favorite directors who were given unlimited run for a Netflix movie. And that movie did not turn out well. I've seen this happen like five or six times with directors I love. They get free reign for a netflix film and it's like i'd put that at the bottom of the barrel
1: or just like a lot of directors who get final cut like how many times has that happened or just well yeah yeah, and this too and just gen like throughout our lives you've seen that like great filmmakers you got final cut it's like oh somebody should have been taking the reins from him and it's like a thing you don't want to say i think that's an important part of the artistic process of being told no and like and nobody like and like we're all you know people who like create stuff here we don't like that idea, but it really is kind of true. It's just like, if nobody's telling you no on certain things, you're going to make mistakes. Like, that's part of the process.
3: Yeah. It's important, too. I mean, when I was younger and someone would give me notes on my script, I'd get pretty defensive. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so Whereas now, like,
3: I, I, yeah, now I, like, fully encourage it because it forces me to articulate my thoughts out loud. So I have to, like, prove my case. Well, least like, this is why it works. But just talking out loud, it helps me Figure out any like like kinks or things I'm trying to figure out in the script.
1: Yeah, you always try. You know,
3: you have to. That's like a learning process.
1: Yeah, you got to read the room. If it's like if somebody didn't respond to it, they didn't respond to it. Right. Uh, It's just you can't argue with that. Like I know a lot of guys who are like that too, where they just like, well, you didn't respond. Well, you didn't understand this. It's like, well, that doesn't change. That's where we're here. That's where we are now
2: <laughs> it's yeah. just,
1: it's that you explaining that does not change that. That's how I got here. Like you can't be there to explain this to each and every individual. This does not connect to.
3: <laughs> that's exactly like, what I told someone not too long ago. I was giving them a note on their script and they said, No, no, you don't understand it's this. And I said, but I'm the audience. I'm telling you how people will respond to the thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
3: Which is a natural, you know, you get defensive. It's like your baby. Oh, yeah. You want to protect it. But it makes sense on both sides.
2: Yeah, Yeah, now anytime I do a story, I I usually read it to either my wife or somebody prior to going through it. And then, like, they'll be just pointing that. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Or what does that mean? And I'm
3: like, fuck, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's why read-throughs are so much fun. Because yeah. you get to hear it out loud, and it's like, oh, right. that part's terrible. <laughs> I got to take that out." Yeah, yeah. Well, that,
2: that's that's dumb. That's got to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, it's true. Like uh, I've, I'll always regret. Like I know we're getting a little off topic, but I always regret Welcome to the Future not having a stage reading. It would have saved me a lot of headaches on the yeah. back end of it because I could have fixed things that were an issue beforehand. There was just we just didn't have time. It just didn't work out where we could get everybody together because of the way we made the film. But it was just like and then i've gone to your stuff where you do a read through and i see how helpful that is for you john like when you like present it in front of people it's like oh right it's just like you wouldn't have caught that it's just you can't catch certain things unless you know you have that live feedback happening
3: it's also like the most fun part is the, i enjoy is it. the read
1: i i yeah
3: it's just everyone's laid back
1: i i'm glad i've gotten to a point in my head where i don't get so defensive about those things anymore, where I go, really, that didn't work? Interesting. So, Or it, then the inverse is also true. It's where it's like some people respond to something that you did not think was of any interest at all. It's just like, mm-hmm. that's the moment? Mm-hmm. Really, people yeah. like that? Like, all right.
3: You want to go through the Jack Warden run? Yeah. All right, so we mentioned Judd has seen 12 Angry Men, which is my, <laughs> that's the highlight of fucking... the episode so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, 75, he gets best supporting Oscar nom for Shampoo. He's oh, right. phenomenal in All the President's Men, which <sighs> I watched not too long ago. So good. So good. Uh, he gets another best supporting Oscar nom for Heaven Can Wait. Uh, uh and Justice for All. This is, these are all, so it's 75, 76, 78, 79, and then 82, he's in The Verdict. I mean, Jesus. Warden crushes it.
1: Man, he's killing it in the 70s.
3: And then we mentioned Dirty Work. And the guy you were thinking of in Beer League is Seymour uh, Cassell. Mm. God damn yes. it.
1: That's embarrassing. I got them.
3: It's okay. But Warden, I mean, again, this is why it's a ten. I get Jack Warden as my protagonist, and I get Ted Knight as the slight antagonist. It's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, it's amazing that he was uncredited
2: too. That he didn't get, you know, because he has a lot of dialogue. He's like a heavy, heavy part of that episode.
3: Meanwhile, <laughs> he's thirty-six when this comes
1: out. You'll get nothing. You'll, You'll get, get nothing, nothing you and know. like it. <laughs>
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) how'd
1: you like to mow my lawn (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean there's so many great quotes i mean getting back to jack warden because now i just went over his thing dude he's also the owl in the night it's on youtube and i want people to see this i might actually have to do an episode of this because this terrified me as a child the 1985 erwin allen two-night TV version of Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland, yeah. Dude, that gave me a lifelong feel of Carol Channing that I still grapple with today.
3: <sighs> you're
1: going down, young man. <laughs> um, he's also the dad in the Problem Child movies. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Bolts Over Broadway, Mighty Aphrodite. He's doing a lot of things to do in Denver you're dead. Yeah, that's one of those post-Pulp Fiction big crime ensemble things that just popped up like post Pulp Fiction.
3: Oh, that was like a total rip-off.
1: Oh, yeah. It was just everybody... You know, there was that that awkward period in the the. Fighting 90s Tarantino, everybody yeah. Everybody wanted to be Tarantino. And some things are better than others. Like, uh, a good wannabe Tarantino is uh, the John Cusack movie. Uh, Gross Point Blank? Gross Point Blank's amazing. I, it. Love I love that movie. that movie. It's, oh, it's so good. Popcorn! <laughs> uh, Ackroyd. Man, that movie's awesome. Ackroyd is fucking a ten in that movie. Yeah. He's so good. Great soundtrack too. That movie's awesome. That's an amazing movie. Like that nobody talks about. And that's like you've seen that, right? No. No. How have
3: I never
2: made you watch uh, Gross Is it the same
3: index card or do you have a fresh one at this point? I got I got the same one.
2: Okay, I only got like room for two three more throwing gross, on there. Yeah, gross point blank. Definitely throw on there
1: It's so I, much dude. It's such a fun movie. and it's yeah. so funny. Hey, Jenny Taylor, uh, hey, Taylor. Hey, Jenny <laughs> Taylor. Hey, Jenny Taylor Jeremy uh,
3: Piven uh, Mini driver so quotable
1: Oh, I forget it's not Jenny Taylor, but I forget the name. <laughs> he's seen the girl he's like, Hey, you want to dance? No. All right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love uh, I love her in general, but Joan Cusack in that movie is fantastic.
1: Fantastic as the secretary. Yeah. And Minnie Driver is if how are you not falling in love with her? Yeah. Like in, in that uh, that movie. And it's the most charismatic John Cusack's ever been, and he's got a, a you know, a good run of being insanely charismatic. And we didn't even mention his therapist played by a right. terrified Alan Arkin. I was this, just gonna this say that. oh, awesome. yeah, that's right. Oh, it's, it's oh, like don't kill
3: anybody for a few days. See what it feels like. <laughs> All right, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> He's like, Why are you telling me these things? He's like shriveling in the corner. He's so afraid of him. I'm not your therapist. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, that's right. He
1: just harasses this
3: therapist.
2: Yeah. He just keeps showing up.
1: <laughs> yeah, so Weird tangent, but that is, I'd say, out of the post like Tarantino. Everybody's trying to be Tarantino. That's a, a top. That's a really wonder.
3: good one. Yeah, it's getting yeah, lost else? over time. It's such a good movie. Jeez,
1: Jack Warden, all the president's men. Now I gotta watch that again. It's it's man, it's so good. Well, that. What's his name? Pakula in the 70s? Don't even start. Yeah. Like, it's just ridiculous what he had going on. That, Clute and the parallax view, like, three of, like, the best movies of the 70s. hmm
3: Yeah, I
1: watched and, Clute in a, not it, too it, long ago. Dude, that one, the scene where, like, there's the scene in Clute where yep. it's just the one close-up of her face that's one of the most amazing things ever put on film, and it's just a tight on her face.
3: Jack Smite, so he, do you guys know him at all? I, he directed Harper starring Paul Newman and then 68 he does No Way to Treat a Lady starring Rod Steiger and George Segal.
1: I've never seen that, but he did no. he he did the only movie I did see of his. Oh, I've seen two of his. Uh is uh Airport 1975 because I love the airport movies. Uh, no, I actually don't like the con- the third one, the Concord one. Uh, that's that. Uh, but uh Airport and Airport 75 if you like bad 70s uh not bad. I mean just uh uh, big, huge cast uh, on like um, disaster films. You can do no worse than airport films. Uh, and Damnation Alley, which is notable for the truck, the vehicle in that film. If you've ever seen, what is it called? Oh, it's with it's with our boy, Jan Michael Vincent. This January, it's time to Michael down your Vincents. Oh, wow. No Rick and Morty fans in here, huh? Okey-doke. Mm. <laughs> I'm a fan. I just didn't remember the line. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a fun movie. Uh, look up Dan Nation Alley so you can see like the vehicle in it. It's essentially these guys are in a post-apocalyptic landscape in this awesome, like, super RV. So, that's... so this is
3: one of the episodes Serling used to pitch the series when trying to sell it to a network. I don't know how many episodes he had to actually pitch, but this was a note. So I don't know how many he actually used. They probably but put a, this was a one nice little book together to send them off. Yeah, that's some pitch yeah. deck. Imagine
1: getting yeah. that pitch deck in 59. <laughs> Just like, whoa. It's
3: like, get this guy out Drop of here. Drop it on the desk. It smashes it in half. <laughs> <laughs> the last lines of the episode. Alan B. says, all you're leaving behind is loneliness. Jack Warden says, I must remember that. I must remember to keep that in mind. Man, I'm telling you this episode. That's, a, that's why it's got my belt.
1: It's got the belt. Eh, it's a good one, man.
2: Did we leave out Jack Ward's greatest uh, credit in *The Great Muppet Caper*?
1: We did. I haven't watched that in so long. <laughs> Is that Diana Rigg's in that?
2: It's *The like, Great Muppet it's Caper*.
1: The, yeah, it's the Groden. The Groden's in it. Yeah, the Groden's in it. Yeah, the Groden's the big heel in that film.
3: Where does Judge Smales from Kady rank in all-time comedy villains? Oh, he's up there, real high. Top five. Top, top, top five. Easy. Yeah, easy. Top, top three. Five. I mean, it's Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you could make the case against it.
1: Yeah. In a in a movie that dates on a lot of places, his performance (laughs) doesn't.
3: No, he's the best thing, and I love a lot about it. But he's my favorite thing. Everything he just makes me laugh the
1: entire time. I've executed young boys younger than you. Didn't want to do it, but I felt I owed it to them. (laughs) I mean, that's one of the greatest lines ever.
3: How about a fresca? (laughs) Okay, Pookie. (laughs) uh and then he has the run on mary tyler moore show
1: also which is iconic iconic. back in the day and then monroe that he's on too close for comfort the only thing i remember that show is jim j bullock and him him drawing something with a cow puppet on his hand remember that show too close for comfort vaguely very vague that's all i remember from it is is that the opening intro there's jim j bullock who's a, a treasure and uh, him drawing because he's like a cart- he's a cartoonist and he's drawing with a-, a cow puppet on his hand. That's the only things I remember <laughs> that show. What else is Jean Martian Since we got her, you know, we've talked about it. We know she's Bab Morta, but she's you know a great actress. Oh, you know, who she was married to. She was married to the Third Doctor, John Pertwee. I'm a big a Doctor, big who, doctor fan. who fan. Yeah, especially classic Doctor Who.
2: Yeah, you know it's uh, fun. Like if you think of Doctor Who, like this, you know this that has a space theme. This has a space theme. like it's so dude
1: what happened oh just dude you know what she's in that oh my god okay she's fucking Mombi in return to oz do you remember how fucking scary she is in return to oz everything about return to oz is scary she's the woman who takes her goddamn head off oh yeah she is terrifying in that and then she's and she's also terrifying in willow like she's you don't like yeah willow that's a scary villain Oh, I didn't realize she was uh, Mombi. Ooh, there's a whole bunch of kids who grew. Up... I saw that in the fucking movies, Return to Oz. Like they didn't know. They didn't know better back then. <laughs> I was like, it was 1985, and I was just like, here, you want to be traumatized? Like, d- dude, I was telling John a story last night on uh on my other podcast that. About, dude, 1985 was like a very bad year for me in the movies because I saw Godzilla 1985, which destroyed me. And then I saw this fucking movie, Return to Oz, which is just a, night, has been nightmare fuel for the ages.
2: Yeah, Return to Oz is, is genuinely
1: terrifying. Yeah, it's a woof, big mystery. a fever dream. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, no, it's good. It's well made. Uh, it's, I don't think it's a good children's film.
3: <laughs> no, it's terrifying. Yeah. All right, question for you guys. Yeah. I'm going to ask this sincerely. How long, what year will people be able to have robot companions?
2: (laughs) Like to that caliber of walking around person? Yeah, to that. Hmm. Yeah. Because they got those now. I mean, I just saw an an advertisement for a fucking Amazon's going to be selling one soon. So it looks like a little dog
1: cart thing that follows you around your house. Well, we had Roby Senior in 85, and that was pretty close. (laughs) If, if you Keep in mind what phones were
3: 30 years ago yeah. to what they are today. Happy birthday, Paulie.
1: Listen, if we get to the level of complexity uh, that they show in this episode, my wife have, might have to get a nice staircase vacation. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> she might be getting the old heave-ho. Wait, you, let me, hold on. You're going to agree with things I say? Wait, you're going to play Doom? You're going to play Doom with me? D- PVP? Okay, it's just like Deborah outtensey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm going to
2: say conservatively, a chance. probably thirty years,
1: thirty years,
3: really, yeah, in yeah. our lifetime, I really, I, yeah, in our lifetime, yeah, <laughs> again, compare phones, phone what were phones in nineteen ninety two compared to today, what
2: were phones in two thousand
3: two,
1: yeah, exactly, it could flip because technology are they going to be that interest are people going to be that interested in the physical by that point because essentially we'll be tapping into a virtual world which just seems to be where technology's going like robots are cool and all but it's just like it's like if you just have implants that tap into the pleasure centers oh that's it that's humanity you seem to keep going to the same place right i've i've put a lot of thought into this he's a pervert <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's goddamn pre-verts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think about this a lot. I, I like If I'm up at 1 o'clock in the morning, if, see- if you come into my bedroom 1 o'clock in the morning, my eyes are wide open and I'm standing at the ceiling, huh. this is what I'm ruminating on, most likely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she could just fall down the stairs, that's all. i a robot woman. <laughs> oh, I needed some glasses and a tube.
1: <laughs> Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't realize I was, I meant to just think all that. <laughs> so, how many cigarettes are we all officially giving it? We've decided on a new rating system where is it a five cigarette scale
2: cigarettes. or a oh, ten cigarette scale? Ten this is cigarettes a, a gal. This is probably whole pack for me, baby. Whole oh.
1: pack. Oh my goodness, <sighs> that's
2: like the golden buzzer on uh what's that show that they sing? Wait, the Town. America's Got Town. No, 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 no,
1: no. no ten, It's not a ten. It's it's a one to flavor country. <laughs> if it's flavor country then it's that's the top score i'm giving it a... I, I hope it's not for
3: very long because i mean something will take its belt but for now it's got it
1: so this episode resides in flavor country for john how about everybody else i think it's, it's give... a
2: it's a nine nine cigarette type of yeah i'm gonna give it an eight eight That'd eight show. smolderings eight lit smoking cigarettes eight oasis
1: yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna give it a safe eight too because uh while it is all the things John said, I don't think it had I connect with it as hard as he did. Uh, I just didn't, it didn't like knock me out on an emotional level, uh, which I think gives me a 10. I want to fuck a robot. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm surprised with your insatiable thirst for robots that uh, <laughs> this, this episode not really off the chart mm. for you.
1: Well, It just seemed a little vanilla, it didn't get into the stuff that I want to get into the weird kinks that I needed to say. Touch its feet, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I give it a solid eight cigarettes. Eight cigarettes, eight robots, right? Eight robot toes. <laughs> <laughs> I have my own rating scale. <laughs> it goes by robot toes.
2: Robot toes. <laughs> it's
1: a solid eight <laughs> robot you for me. Oh my god! Disclaimer: I am not into feet, robot or otherwise. I'm just saying. Just please mm-hmm. don't put that label mm-hmm. on me. I'm not one me of those now. people. Yep, yep. I'm into quicksand porn. That's a thing. <laughs> what are you talking about? Where do we go? <laughs> Where does Frank... Think have... I've told you about quicksand porn. That's a thing. No, you no, haven't. You haven't. I, I most certainly have talked about quicksand <laughs> well, porn. Well, if you
2: have, then I just I tuned you Immediately out. Immediately stared off my ears. <laughs> <laughs> I went somewhere safe. As soon
1: as I hear the cue out of Frank's <laughs> mouth. That's a sub-job. It's a quick... Po- <laughs> I'm I'm somewhere else. Don't get mad at me. I just I just heard of it. I don't subscribe (laughs) to it. I don't I don't enjoy it. I just know it exists. I have only seen five or six videos.
0: (laughs) Next week, a distinguished actor lends us his talents. As Mr. Burgess Meredith stars in Time Enough at Last. The story of a man who seeks salvation in the rubble of a ruined world. We hope you'll share this very strange experience with us. Thank you, and good night.